is tough, rewarding, fun, hectic, and everything in between. And every Monday, it starts all over again. This is a podcast for moms by a mom, where we'll discuss everything from parenting to families, entertainment to health and fitness, and much more. Welcome to Monday Moms with your host, Tara Gray. Welcome to Monday Moms. I'm Tara Gray. I'm joined by Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger. She serves the 7th District and lives in Henrico County with her husband and three daughters. I feel like I could spend five minutes just introducing her from her time as an operations officer for the CAA to federal law enforcement officer for the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. Welcome, Abigail. Thank you for being a part of Monday Moms. Thank you so much for having me. Few things I would like to talk with you about. I understand, like many of us, you've been working from home and many distractions, but there's this one particular day you have a, what I would call a typical mom moment or a story that you would like to share. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, so I, I think you're probably referring to our puzzle. So I, I'm back and forth between Washington, but not nearly as much as I, I typically am. So I'm spending a lot more time working um, from, uh, from home because my district office in Henrico County is actually closed. The building itself is closed. So I, mm-hmm. I can't work out of my district office. I'm, uh, at our dining room table and I have three kids. Uh, they are six, nine and 11 and they have found it to be very convenient to set up whatever activity they're doing also on the dining room table. So at times <laughs> they've edged me out with puzzles. And of course we have right. giant puzzles. So they're edging me out, but. Uh, the other day, my nine-year-old pulled out my very old sewing machine because uh, her grandmother was teaching her how to sew a pillow, and she just plugs it in, and all of a sudden, with scrap material, just starts sewing, and I'm on a Zoom call <laughs> two feet away, and she looks That's at me so like cute. it's totally normal as the machine's all fired up and making noise, but, you know, it's a uh, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, a sweet, sweet chance to be able to have these sorts of, um, uh, yes. funny, funny moments while I'm working on such kind of serious, um, I agree. policy related issues. I know. Well, let's just talk about, so on your website, you have an entire section dedicated to coronavirus reopening questions and answers. There's a, tell me your story and the Virginia 07 heroes. This Mm -hmm. program celebrates Virginians who have gone above and beyond during the pandemic. How did this program go from the idea to the program? And then I was wondering, are the recipients from that? Are they from the tell me your story section? How do you, um, I guess, choose? So there's there's a couple different things that that went into building out this site. For starters, when COVID-19 and coronavirus first really started hitting, we were getting calls all day long with questions of for everything from where can I go? What's shut down? What about school? Um, and then once PPP loans were in place, you know, as, as it's gone along, the, the types of questions have changed, but typically I would be out at town halls or events and talking to people in the community and having the, the real ability to hear people's stories. Um, and I found that as we've moved more into this virtual space, as there's been shutdown orders, um, my team answering the calls all day long from constituents were hearing all of these stories. Um, and we were really okay. contending with people who were facing the biggest challenges and needed answers from us. But I wanted to create a space for people to be able to uh, share just their experiences, what was happening, 
things that typically I would hear when I would meet someone, you know, out and about in the community. So we started the Tell Me Your Stories just to ensure that, you know, it isn't just people who are actually having a problem and need help that we're, that we want to hear from. We want to know how this is impacting other, everybody across the board. And, and so my team has put together, you know, every day at the close of the day, they send me the updates of new stories that have come in and it, in apps, in the absence of being able to go out and talk to people and, you know, go through public events, um, it's been very helpful for me to be connected with the stories that, that people are sending in. And with the Virginia Seven Heroes, you know, we've been focused so much on all of the challenges that people have been facing with food loss, uh, with food insecurity and with job loss and, and all of these other challenges. But there's so many people who've been responding positively, getting masks and delivering food and you know, creating masks, like all of these uh, community members who are doing really incredible things. And we wanted to be able to bring some of those stories to the forefront, because certainly when we find out about them, it makes everybody in our office feel just really proud to be part of this community. But um, I thought it might be a bright spot for others as well. And it's just other community members who've been nominating people. Uh, and from there, you know, it's been just a beautiful, fun, uh, bright spot in, in all of this to hear what what some of our community members are doing, uh, you know, people who have been organizing neighbors and volunteers to, to, to sew thousands of masks and then distribute them to people who might not be able to buy or, uh, or make their own, uh, restaurants that have completely flipped their business model to just deliver free food. There's a, a restaurant in the Northern portion of the district that has a food truck and a restaurant establishment. Uh, and they've been uh, delivering hundreds and hundreds of meals to seniors who they know are homebound and who otherwise might not be eating regularly. I mean, the the stories are pretty, pretty tremendous of people who are showing up and, and really helping others in their community. I love that. I think that's wonderful. On June 8th, President Trump supported legislation to provide more flexibility to small businesses and restaurants. Mm -hmm. The Paycheck Protection Program, you call it the PPP. So if you'd like to talk a little bit about that, and then what is the 75-25 rule? So, and thanks so much. The Paycheck Protection uh, Program was something that we created under the CARES Act. And it the intent of this program was to ensure that small businesses would have a lifeline to be able to uh, keep their business afloat, particularly through the initial stay-at-home orders, and be able to uh, be there, actually be able to open their doors once, from a public health standpoint, we were able to do so. Uh, so this bill has uh, put billions of dollars out and available for small businesses. I've heard from business owners across the 7th District who have been able to apply for these loans. And, and a big element of this is we wanted these loans to be forgivable. Uh, we wanted them to be available and then ultimately forgivable if, uh, if the small business met certain parameters. And the goal is to get people back into their place of employment. Uh, so we set parameters of ensuring that over a set period of time, the, the business owner gets their workforce back up to 90% of where they were before the pandemic started. Um, and that they do spend a fair amount of that money on, uh, their payroll. Now, the challenge was initially Congress, when we put the PPP program in place, we did not, uh, create guidelines for how the dollars should be spent. But the Small Business Administration in the rulemaking process put a parameter that in order for this, uh, this loan to be forgivable, small businesses needed to have a breakdown of 75, 25, 
Uh, so no less than 75% of the of the loan portion could be spent on payroll, leaving the other 25% up to 25 to be spent on overhead costs like rent um, and, and utilities okay. and some of the other allowable expenses. But depending upon the business type, depending upon where they rent their space, depending upon how many employees they typically have, uh, this percentage just doesn't work for a lot of small businesses. And so yeah. I led an effort initially get it to try and get the Small Business Administration to pull back that rule. They put it in place. They could pull it back. And when they didn't take action, I joined with some of my colleagues uh, to actually legislate a change. And so we changed the breakdown to 60-40, which gives a lot more flexibility for small business owners. We also elongated the time for them to meet that uh, rehire goal um, by um, an, a couple more months to ensure that people have, you know, especially state to state, some of the reopening guidelines have been different. And then um, for those who are not actually pursuing these loans as forgivable, we lengthen the amount of time for them to be paid back. So just providing a little bit more flexibility uh, to to borrowers and to small businesses as they're working to survive at this point and then ultimately get back on their feet. Okay, so it lets the owners decide what their business needs help with. Like you mentioned, payroll, other expenses. Is that correct? The 64 that gives. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that it, no less than 60% has to be spent on, on payroll. So, you know, the, the whole purpose of this was to make sure that we're helping small businesses, but we're doing that by helping their employees. Uh, but it gives right. a little bit more flexibility. Uh, depending upon the business size, the number of employees, and and what some of their other overhead costs are, um, the so just even bumping it with that fifteen percent uh, that yeah. change from seventy five down to sixty gives them a bit more flexibility in where they're spending those dollars. Yeah, my grandfather and my dad were small business owners, and oh, wow. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine this <laughs> when they were uh, business owners. So. I'm sure what type of I'm just going to say, I'm sure you're hearing really good. What type of feedback are you hearing about the 6040 or the PPP in general? So, I mean, overall, the the PPP change or the existence of PPP, uh, the overall response has been very positive. When we first legislated the program and then SBA came out with the rules within you know a week's time, that is very, very fast turnaround time, I guess, or a little over a week. It is very, very fast mm -hmm. turnaround time. And so there was there was some bumpiness at the very beginning with um, some businesses initially getting turned down. Uh, some of the larger banks were prioritizing their existing customers. You know, and these are things that from a legislative oh. perspective, we we couldn't necessarily legislate. Uh, but the experience was still negative for some of the small businesses that I represent uh, in the second uh, grouping of money. We went back. So we, PPP was very successful. Uh, I, I did, despite some of the, the difficulties that some businesses had in applying for and, and getting the funding, I did hear back. Uh, one constituent said it was an absolute godsend. Um, I've had another constituent say it was a lifeline. The overall, mm -hmm. even despite some of the hiccups in the application process, um, the overall response has been very, very positive. In the second tranche of dollars, when we uh, recognized that PPP funds were, uh, the PPP program was popular, uh, small businesses were making use of it, uh, we needed to allocate additional funding. In that bill, which was the PPP and Healthcare Enhancement Act, uh, we actually fenced off um, a portion of the available funds 
for smaller and community lenders. And that was a way for us to meet the needs of, you know, micro businesses, uh, uh, some agricultural businesses, farmers, producers locally who are eligible for the loans, recognizing that, that some smaller businesses, um, micro businesses, minority owned businesses, rural businesses and rural communities, kind of some of these, uh, smaller businesses that they deal primarily in relationships with their small community banks. Um, and their ability to actually get the loans would depend on whether or not their bank could actually, uh, have access to those dollars. So by fencing off some of the funds and making them available, uh, just through smaller community banks, we've been able to ensure that, um, that a lot of smaller businesses, particularly rural agricultural or minority owned businesses have access to those dollars mm-hmm. as well. So I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, um, related to yes. that change that we made in the second, in the second bill. Yeah, I can imagine. That's great. Would you like to share your, I guess, media, if you would like to contact information in case someone thinks that they would like to uh, fill out or if they have someone in mind for the tell me your story section? Absolutely. So on the tell me your story, uh, we're, um, we've, I've, I've heard really tragic stories. I've heard really, you know, interesting stories, funny stories, the whole gamut. Um, and it's really valuable for me to feel that connection and continue to understand, you know, what are the day-to-day struggles or day-to-day surprises or excitement of the people yeah. that I represent. Um, and then the Virginia 07 heroes, if you know of someone who's just been doing really, um, you know, worthy work in the community, we'd love to hear about it. So our, my website is spanberger.house.gov. And when you get to that website, you'll immediately see the, the coronavirus tab. We also have Mm -hmm. a a variety of resources for anyone who might need them focused on um, small businesses or individual payments, food assistance, uh, and and a whole host of other resources that might be of value. And then one other thing that we did for the small businesses is I recently did, um, I interviewed the head of Forward RVA, which is a, uh, a program that Chamber RVA put together that provides some guidance and some information for um, small businesses around the central Virginia area as they are working towards opening. And so I hope it's a bit of a resource, particularly for consumers who are kind of wondering what time do I, at what point do I venture back into a restaurant? At what point do I venture back out into shops? Um, and, And that's available on our website as well. Great. Thank you so much. It was great to have you. I was happy to be able to speak with you. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hello to all your listeners. And I hope everyone's staying safe. Thank you, Abigail Spanberger. Have a great day. Thank you. Monday Moms is a production of T3 Media, LLC, and the Henrico Citizen. New episodes appear every Monday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. For more sponsorship information, email Tara Gray at tara at henricocitizen.com.